On today's episode, we talk to the CEO of Malk, Jason Bronstad. Malk is a plant-based dairy alternative milk whose mission is to provide simple ingredients and a healthy option for all of us, including those who may not tolerate dairy-based milks. Malk focuses their campaign on turning it around, actually turning around the products at the grocery store and reading the labels and seeing what is in the things we may think are healthy, but that companies are using more of to make the products cheaper and more shelf stable. So take a listen and learn all about Malk and what you should be looking for at your next grocery trip. You hear all the bull about diet and exercise. Carbs are evil. Do more cardio. Never eat bread or cookies again. Just do a juice cleanse. We get it. We fell for all of the BS too. It's time to go right to the source with the truth about how to live a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. I am Liz. And I'm Becca. We are your nutrition educators and this is The Food Code. Welcome to the Food Code. I've been talking a little bit about uh, this podcast interview on my Instagram stories lately. We're very excited to welcome on the CEO of Malk, um, Mr. Jason Brodstad. And we're very excited to dive in today talking a little bit about consumer packaged goods um, and the differences of quality when you are looking at non-dairy milk options and some of the things to watch out for. As you know, Becca and I always preach a whole foods diet first and making sure that we are reading labels and looking at all of the things that are on the ingredient list there so that we can reduce the consumption of artificial ingredients, gums, fillers, oils, all of those things. So very excited to dive into this today. Welcome, Jason. We would love to have you share a little bit about you and your history in the consumer packaged goods industry. Awesome. Thank you all so much for the opportunity. Uh, first and foremost, I'm a family man that happens to be a part of a business, and that's that's important to me and my family. So first and foremost, I've got an amazing wife and, and two amazing kids. Um, I've been in the consumer packaged goods industry for 20 some odd years now, and I've gone through multi-billion dollar companies, small startup companies. And, you know, it's, it's an honor to be a part of Malk Organics now that to work with a brand that fits the lifestyle that I aspire for my family to follow. You know, we haven't always been the best at following the healthy lifestyle. I've transitioned my lifestyle over the last three years on what I eat, what I consume, what I put in my body. And it worked out about 18 months ago as I had the opportunity to join Malk to really transition and pay more attention to everything that we're doing and putting inside of our families' bodies. You know, the, the actions that we're taking now in my household really impacts the way my daughter's growing up, the way my son's growing up, and my wife and I as well. We've, we've shifted the way that we're eating. So it's just a really serendipitous opportunity to transition into this healthy lifestyle with a brand like Malk. That's amazing. Can you share a little bit about your journey and kind of the timing of like your weight loss journey and yeah. Malk and how those kind of coexisted if they did? I'm assuming they did. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely correlations there. So it was uh, about three years ago, I was, I was well north of 300 pounds and I realized that I was not setting the lifestyle example that I wanted my daughter and my son to, to be a part of. So it was, you know, I would eat basically anything that you put in front of me. I'd eat junk food and drink probably way more than I should have. I spent, you know, eight and a half years in the, the beverage alcohol space. And that was something that as I left that industry, I started to be more cognizant of. But um, with my daughter, especially, we found uh, jujitsu as our, our sport of choice three years ago. And I really wanted to get her in there for 
just self-confidence and for her to be able to defend herself. You know, I can't always be there to protect my daughter and I want her to be able to stand on her own. And as we started down that journey, one thing led to another and being surrounded by people that are very focused on a very specific task also made me realize the importance of the task that we have as parents to feed our children healthy food is really something that I had failed on. So that started the journey. I started uh, first year of jujitsu and eating healthier, lost about 50 pounds. And then that started to you know really jumpstart where we wanted to go as a family and starting to pay attention to the foods we bought. You know, Was it organic? Was it, you know, what supplemental ingredients were in there that weren't necessary? So we spent a lot more time on the perimeter of the store and the vegetables, you know, paying attention to the meats and everything that we're buying than in the center of the store. I love that. That's Liz and I both have little ones like we were talking offline prior and it's, it's hard with how much they're like, I do as much as I can in the house and then Carson goes outside and plays with the next door neighbors and they, you guys want popsicles, you guys want ice cream and it's just, it's so hard and controlling what you can control and informing the children and setting an example like you talked about i think the setting an example piece is the biggest piece because our kids watch everything we do good and bad i don't even know how to parent my child some days because i'm like you're gonna replicate anything i do whether it's gentle parenting or not (laughs) (laughs) gentle parenting doesn't always work with my toddler um so i totally understand that's amazing and so when how did you kind of get started with malk how what did that journey look like for you so it was a, an incredible opportunity to to step in and, and help find a way to accelerate the expansion of Malk and to provide Malk to more people. You know, ultimately we believe that with Malk we can help support the lifestyle journey of people on their their path to healthiness. And really what the the desire is is to make it more accessible. You know, we've been a global partner with Whole Foods for the last four years, but we haven't been as accessible to in every retailer that we want to be in. So part of our journey has been to ensure that milk is accessible to consumers out there because we are confident we are the best plant-based milk out there as far as cleanest ingredients go. And we want it to be accessible. Without accessibility, it's a big problem in our, in our food system today, finding healthy foods anywhere you shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you can find all of the unhealthy things anywhere and everywhere, of right? <laughs> of course. Um, That's easy. Yeah. So, you know, just for our listeners, uh, maybe share a little bit about, you know, Malk and the evolution of Malk. So if you guys are new to, um, you know, understanding what we're talking about, uh, Malk is a high quality, really, really great tasting um, non-dairy or what you would say plant-based uh, milk alternative. So we've talked several episodes on our podcast about A1C casein. We work with a lot of people who have gut issues and inflammation and a lot of autoimmune conditions. And so for me personally, I have switched over to plant-based milk for gosh, seven or eight years now. And uh, about six months ago, I really started looking at you know, some of the ingredients and the fillers, you know, just in the various brands, I won't name, you know, specific ones, but there's a variety of plant-based milks, you know, out there in Targets, Trader Joe's, Walmart, all of these places. And I thought this seems a little bit odd that there's more than just almonds and vanilla and water, right? What else is going on here? So if you want to share a little bit of the evolution of milk, that would be fantastic. And then also talk about the importance of reducing the consumption of what we see in a lot of other plant-based milk products, those gums, the fillers, the artificial ingredients and oils. Absolutely. So Malk was uh, started in a farmer's market in Houston in 2015, and it 
gained such popularity that it was quickly adopted into uh, local food stores and started to grow from that point forward. And the, the premise is really the simple ingredients. What is the only things that we need in our almond milks and our oat milks to ensure that it doesn't hurt your digestive system? So that's the, the entire premise of Malk is clean, simple, healthy ingredients and make sure it tastes good because we can always feed our kids or ourselves the healthiest food there is. But if it doesn't taste good, will they drink it? Will they eat it? Probably not as likely. So that's one thing we're very proud of with Malk is not only is it clean, but it also tastes amazing as well. And we're very biased. <laughs> well, I will tell you, it definitely does. I've tried some other ones. So Elmhurst is another brand that I've tried that's pretty decent, uh, you know, clean ingredients. And just comparison side by side, I would say this one is, is more like drinking milk to me. I don't drink almond milk just by itself. But if I would, I, I kind of taste tested those this weekend. And I've used it in several of my recipes. And, um, you know, the ingredients are simple. It's water, it's the almonds or the oats, right? And then some pink Himalayan sea salt and maybe a little bit of vanilla extract. So talk a little bit about, you know, why other, let's say, product or producers, uh, you know, use some of these oils and gums and artificial ingredients. So uh, most added ingredients are going to lower your cost, right? So at the end of the day, most CPG companies are, you know, for-profit companies going out to see how much money they can make. Now, they want to make a healthy-ish product, and one of the things that they can do that is have binders and emulsifiers that help the product be more stable. So with malk, we proudly say, shake your malk well, because it does separate. It's natural. It's water. It's almonds. It's salt. With some, Our vanilla has a vanilla extract. So we're very proud that we don't add in those extra ingredients. Organic is not the cheapest products to buy. It's for the entire fact that the entire supply chain of organic is more cost prohibitive for producers and processors. So everything about malk starts from where we source our products from, where we source our almonds from, where we source our oats from, make sure that the way that they're grown is the right way. There's no pesticides. It's glyphosate free. So we're doing everything we can from the, the origin of our raw materials all the way to the product that lands into your refrigerator to make sure it's the cleanest, healthiest product we can provide. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I think that's the hardest part is a lot of people shop with their wallets, which is understandable because it's, you know, inflation today is insane. Um, but at the end of the day, then we're left on the other side of our life with health issues, autoimmunity, disease, gut dysfunction, all kinds of stuff. And it's like, is the extra couple dollars worth it? Yes, it is. It is worth it in a number of different areas, Um, especially when it comes to what you're putting in your kids' bodies who are so much more susceptible to things and sensitive to things. Um, The more and more where Liz and I are kind of diving into education and research around it, it's just like children are so much more sensitive to sugars and to preservatives and they be they basically can be much more addicted much easier than adults can and so it's like even just what you're buying for your kids in terms of you know yogurts and all of this kind of stuff and all of the things that have added sugars basically everything that children eat today we have to start implementing different things into their diet that are providing benefit and aren't are basically dying down their palate so that they're not just constant in need of sugar because they're essentially addicted to it. And 
I love this. And I like, I'm a little bit different than Liz. I do include some dairy. I tolerate it. Okay. And so I do both, you know, I do, you know, non, uh, non dairy based milks like a milk or, you know, oat milk or whatever it might be. And then I use whole milk in a lot of cases. And I think the other piece that's hard is the, I feel like our nutrition world is so one or the other, like they're fighting constantly. (laughs) But in reality, it can be both. Both provide different benefits, both provide Mm -hmm. different nutrients, both can bring something good to the table. Um, So in your family, do you guys tolerate or have you found that in your personal family, like almond milk is the only thing that your kids can tolerate? No, we do both. Uh, It's interesting because my daughter, you know, she's nine and a half years old. To watch her read ingredient labels now, to have her look at the nutritional fact panel and have her look at something and say, wow, dad, that's got a lot of sugar in it, doesn't it? Yes. It's really powerful. Um, She alternates between uh, our unsweetened almond milk and then some other dairy products. But, you know, three years ago, she had never heard of plant-based products. Mm-hmm. So as we started to introduce her to new things, my son likes the vanilla oat milk. That's his favorite. When he puts that in a cereal, that's his go-to, but he also likes dairy. So, you know, we're not exclusively plant-based in our household, but it's something that as we've worked to, to find the right recipe for our family, mm-hmm. that it's definitely added dynamics. Yeah. All I can say that all of my daughter's smoothies, and she is a Vitamix queen now, <laughs> do have plant-based milk. So all that right. is... She uses the unsweetened almond and the unsweetened oat or the original oat for the, for her smoothies. I love that. I love it. That's awesome. You need to start like a YouTube channel, right? These kids on YouTube, they get so many views and subscribers. So much more money than I do. Yeah. I keep telling, (laughs) keep telling my husband, I'm like, I think that's the next thing for our little guy um, is have a little cooking channel. But can you share a little bit about, I mean, you've been in the, you know, consumer space for years. Um, can you share a little bit about what drives consumers to select the products that they do? Because, you know, one of the things that I've even looked at, so I, um, fun fact, this is way before I started studying nutrition, but I also have a degree in marketing and advertising. And so, you know, I can pick up on a lot of the things that what I see in the grocery store, like the green and the whites, right? Just even the colors, how they lay things out, showing you this green leaf, you know, so that you think that what you're getting is healthy. And then you turn it over and while it's advertised that it's olive oil or avocado oil, the first ingredient is soybean or corn, bean, you know, corn oil. So can you share a little bit about, um, you know, why, like what's going on in the consumer's mind with their purchases and then also what you've seen over the years around why there's so little focus on nutrition labels and actually reading the ingredients? Yeah, the, the nutritional labels are, it's the boring side of the product. There's even a, a plant-based product that calls it the boring side. And they try to distract consumers from looking at it. Ultimately, consumers are always in a rush. You know, in our society today, everything is a rush and everything we do. Um, we can now do our web-based ordering. We can do pick up at the store. But when we're in the store as a shopper, we're walking through the store. The average consumer looks at any given section for less than six seconds. So their eyes are drawing them to something that is either familiar or new and different. So when they're doing that, it's it's always comfortable to buy what's familiar. So it is the job of marketing and advertising to raise awareness and get into people's eyes. Someone shared with me the other day that the average consumer is hit with 10,000 ads a day. (laughs) If you think about social media driving around, 10,000 ads a day are impacting your brain going, buy me, this is new, try this, sale here. 
So unequivocally, price has a, as a factor for people. So that's why grocery stores are either a high-low grocery store or an everyday low-price store. And they try to establish their routine with consumers. But what I'm excited about with Malk is, you know, we are a very simple product, simple branded. We have the clean organic label at the top. And what our focus right now is to encourage people to do exactly that and turn it around. Look at the ingredients. Look what makes up this product. And we'd love for every brand to be able to say, hey, turn and look at our ingredient statement. Mm-hmm. Be very opening, eye-opening for many brands. Yeah. I love the simplicity. I think that is where it needs to be nowadays. Is like we are so overwhelmed, like you said, with so many choices in a day. And you, it, the, one of the biggest things that we talk about with our clients is you have to have awareness. Like you cannot go living your life unaware anymore. There's too much you know, noise, there's too many things that can ploy you into doing things that aren't for your health or for your family's health and keeping things simple, even if it means a couple extra dollars here or there. Like in my personal opinion, I would rather spend more money in groceries and less money going out to eat and less money and all of that so that I can raise children that, you know, don't have issues with dysfunction or disease because I Liz and I are very strong believers that nutrition plays such a big role in that. And then also for my family, like that we can live a long, healthier life and don't have to worry about, you know, down the line, oh, I wish I would have been, you know, spent more money on food or bought more organic or any of that. Like that is what we need to start being more aware of now is what's in your pantry. Look at your ingredient list. Look at the things like all the things that shouldn't have sugar in them have sugar in them. Frozen pizzas, frozen dinners, like all of these things have added, not not just natural, like from the food ingredients, they have added sugars. And so I love that you guys keep it very basic, very turn turn the ingredients around turn the product around and look at actually what's in the ingredient list and so what would you say for consumers to watch out for like if they're looking or comparing in in particular in plant-based alternatives like what should you watch out for and what should you look for so the things that we're proud that we don't have is in our almond milks we don't have gums in there and gums are the binders that can have an adverse reaction for many consumers in their gut biome and our oat milks we don't have oils in there so we want to keep it as clean and simple. Uh, for us, the, the binders, the gums, and the oils are really the things that we try to stay away from, um, not only within the product that we make, but also in my household. And Becca, you hit on something very impactful there. Uh, one of the biggest impacts in my family's life is, as we were budgeting starting three years ago was the shift of our out-to-eat dollars versus our grocery dollars. And it literally flipped. It used to be almost two thirds of our dollars spent were out to eat and one third were in groceries. And it's probably more than that now flipped. Mm-hmm. So it's their choices that we make as consumers or choices that we make as parents on how we invest our dollars. And I would much rather invest my dollars today in good groceries than health bills later on in life for my wife and I or my kids. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, have you noticed that we don't run any ads on the show? That's because we want you to have a great listening experience, but we do want to ask for one thing in return. If you know anybody who can benefit from this podcast, please share it with them, message it to them, tag them in a post, take a screenshot and share this, share it in your stories, share it wherever you share stuff with the world and the people that you care most about. We want to provide as much value as possible to as many as possible. So we would greatly appreciate that. Now let's get back to the show. 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're uh, actually, this is perfect timing. We're doing a interview later this afternoon with an expert on ADHD and kids. And we're going to be talking about, you know, ingredients in certain food products that are, you know, basically advertised to the children. Um, You know, I was at the store the other day, my little guy's only three and you know, he sees Spider-Man on the front of one of the yogurts. And I said, no buddy, we don't get that. It's got a lot of sugar and he's not, you know, old enough for me to like actually start showing him and breaking him down. But I do show him because he's been with me sometimes when I'm making these videos in store, like how I'm reading the ingredients. I said, look, like this one has a longer list. This has a shorter list type of a thing. And so just even bringing the awareness for these kids, you know, at a young age, Uh, I think is really important. And one of the things that, you know, we've always kind of said is there's so many ingredients out there that you can't pronounce. There's so many ingredients out there that are banned in other countries, but allowed here in the US. You could spend hours and hours researching. My kind of rule of thumb is keep it simple. Just simply simply like you're saying, turn it around, look at the uh, ingredient list. If there's things on there that are unfamiliar to you, check and see if there's another option that's, you know, not unfamiliar to you and you can read and you understand there's only two or three ingredients or maybe four or five ingredients for some things and then do your best to kind of minimize all of that other stuff. Um, because to me, it's just stuff, right? And we don't know what that stuff does <laughs> to us long term. I don't think there's enough research in you know a laundry list there. And I know that you've had some experience just with some other companies, processed food um, companies in the past. And so I'd love if you can expand a little bit on that, like how your views have shifted, not just in your job, right, as the CEO now of Malk, but, you know, the things that you've learned over the years in your personal journey of like, do you even buy some of those products that you used to, um, you know, manage uh, brands for before? Or has it totally shifted now into, you know, we are, you know, finding a balance or we're not having those things at all? So there's always going to be a balance uh, to completely walk away. I think would be a, a tough challenge. I grew up on, you know, meat and potatoes and you know mac and cheese. You know the the, the blue box. So that's what I grew up on. That's what I started raising my kids on. But what w- my wife Melissa and I have found to be so impactful is to talk with our children. Even my son, who turned six this year. And to, to educate on the why. Why are we making this decision? Why are we choosing this product over the other? And there are there are very few products that I used to to manage that I still purchase. Uh, I would say there are in my refrigerator now. There's one product of all the products that I've sold that I still purchase, and it is a it's a guilty pleasure for breakfast. Um, <laughs> but it's it's one of the things that as we've you know, as I've grown as, you know, having kids, you know, it's a big impact in life when you have your children and you realize that you are responsible for how they're going to grow up in their relationship with food. Mm-hmm. I did not have the healthiest relationship with food growing up. You know, it was not uncommon to have a two liter of a soft drink and just knock that out in a sitting. And now I can't tell you the last time I had a soft drink. And it's one of those things It's like, okay, what was my childhood like? What did I enjoy? What did I not enjoy? And how can I help my children to have the best experience and still enjoy life? And there are so many ways to enjoy healthy foods. Becca, you were talking about like popsicles earlier. That's one of the fun things that we're experimenting with now is how can we make the tastiest, healthiest popsicles at home? Mm -hmm. What can we do to change the dynamic, minimize the ingredients, make it ourselves instead of buying it processed? Mm -hmm. There's so many different ways in the processing of food to extend shelf lives and, and to make it more cost effective, that's not important to me. What's important to me is what's the healthiest option that we can provide. Yeah. 
one thing that I really would love is if health healthier companies partner with Pixar or other places that advertise to my child and so that my child doesn't throw a temper tantrum in the middle of the store when I won't buy him Danimal yogurts because they're <laughs> full with sugar. And I'm like, oh, it's so hard. Why can't the healthy companies <laughs> use the advertising to children? And, you know, and that's the, that's the most annoying part for me is that our food companies today, the majority of our food companies are concerned with profit. They are concerned with how are we going to make this product the cheapest? How are we going to make it something that is addictive for people so that they keep buying it? They are not concerned with what is the long-term impact to people's health with consuming this. And unfortunately, a lot of research can be very biased because it is paid for by these companies. There aren't a lot of independent researchers out there that can afford to do research on what is right around <laughs> what you're looking at with nutrition and the impact of people's bodies long term. And like Liz was saying, I just there isn't enough research. We do not know the effects of long term what it does to our children by d- consuming dyes and preservatives and sugar and the amounts that they are. We're starting to see it, which is terrifying. I heard a statistic this morning that was over 50% of the adult population is either pre-diabetic or diabetic. And there's just so many things that go into our bodies on a daily basis and more importantly, our children's bodies that we just we have to pay more attention to. We cannot just take the passive parent of, I don't want to deal with my kid arguing, so I'll give him the bag of Doritos. I don't want to deal with my kid's temper tantrum, so here's more candy. Like, I am very straightforward. I know you mentioned the relationship with food, and this is something that... Mm-hmm. I'll find in you know a decade whether I mess my child up or not. But I I truly believe I am here to inform him. I do not think that telling him that ice cream is not healthy for you and that it should be consumed in small amounts is going to mess up my kid long term. I think it's going to help inform him long term because now he asks me. He asked yesterday we were in the car on a ride, road trip home. Mama, are grapes healthy? And I was like, yes, grapes have fiber, they're fruit, it's natural sugars. And he asked me this stuff all the time now. And I'm like, he's curious. That's what kids are. Like, we have to be willing to teach and educate our children with what we want them to know, or else they will be subject to advertising and to marketing and to social media. And so, although it's harder, yes, it's much, much harder. My child did also get McDonald's on the way home because it was a four-hour car ride. I allow it. in very small moderation, but like I try to control as much as I can because otherwise I don't have control of my kid nowadays. There's too many other external inputs to their lives that we just, they will get, you know, they'll consume eventually. And then they no longer are influenced by us. So I totally agree with what you're talking about and how, you know, it sounds like it's working with your kids and what they're paying attention to. It's definitely the best thing is how they're asking questions and teaching them to ask the right questions. And if more consumers are raised to ask the questions about what's in this and why, and then seek the answers, then the choices will start to shift. Mm -hmm. And the one thing I agree with you, Becky, you have to give them those experiences of kind of the mass market stuff, because as they've had healthier products and they go try something at McDonald's, for example, I found that they don't enjoy it as much. It's like, oh, well, that's you know either salty or as they start mm-hmm. to be able to describe what they're tasting, it's not as enjoyable. So mm-hmm. the, the power of the why is so important. Totally. Yeah. And one thing that we're very careful about is like not demonizing things either, right? Because I don't want to inflict like guilt or shame, you know, as you mentioned, like I want them to have a good, healthy relationship with food. And if they're informed, 
they can make those decisions, you know, as they get older and older, um, because you're, unfortunately, for parents, we won't always be there, right, to guide them and to help them uh, make the best choice. But what we can do is give them the education so they can do that for themselves someday and hopefully be healthier than a lot of our childhoods. I know what I grew up on, right, with uh, rice aroni and Pop-Tarts and all the things. Um, and that's okay. I think it's what I always say is like, the more you know, the better you can do. Um, and so I'd love for you to kind of share a little bit about um you know, the turn it around campaign. So is this something that's new with Malk? Is it something that is, um, you know, just like brand wide that you guys are passionate about and want to, you know, use your brand to encourage other people for, you know, everything that they buy to turn it around or where did that kind of stem from? So we've got a great executive team and our, our head of marketing worked with some great agencies and one here in Austin and, you know, through the conversations, they do a great job of asking the why. And in, in the conversations, they came back to us and said, everything that you're talking about is talking about turning it around. And they said, and that's where we're going to work with you to help get the message of Malk out there, turn it around. And because of how clean our ingredient deck is, we'll proudly stand on the shelf, turn it around and compare label to label. We want every brand to be able to do that. I would love every brand that is in my household to be one that they say, hey, I'd rather you look at the back of the label instead of having the Pixar character on the front, mm -hmm. right? That's something that obviously is an attractant, but if brands would start to choose where they invest their dollars and put it in the ingredients instead of on the packaging, think about where we could step forward as a, as a society. Mm -hmm. So impactful. I wish the grocery stores were literally just turn every, every product around and shop based on ingredients versus 100%. what's on the front of the package. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, it's just as simple as taking 10 to 15 extra seconds. You know, I've done this uh, with non-dairy coffee creamers. So when mm -hmm. I started my gut healing journey several years back, I did have to give up coffee for quite some time. But my first job was as a barista and I love my coffee and I'm so thankful I have it back in my life now. Um, but I was looking for all of these, you know, non dairy alternatives to still have my coffee uh, taste good. And it took me a long time to find good ones. I landed on uh, the one from Trader Joe's uh, for quite a while. And now I just use my collagen like powder as my creamer. And, you know, it's, it's pretty eye opening when you start to see um, blinking on the name, uh, you know, just like the generic coffee creamer coffee mate, I think is uh, the name of the one that I'm thinking of the laundry list of ingredients compared to some of the other you know, brands that are out there. And so, um, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, where you guys are headed. I think this is, um, you know, so exciting that you guys have grown. You're in stores now. I've seen you on Amazon. I've found you in, you know, Whole Foods. But where is Malk headed and what is kind of the long-term vision of the company? Absolutely. So uh, we're headed to every grocery store near you over time. <laughs> That's our objective. Uh, and that we've got an incredible sales team working with some great brokers to help ensure that we get our product out there. Um, we, when, we, when I joined the company 18 months ago, we took it down to three SKU offerings to make sure we could make, make them right and make them as accessible as possible. Uh, we're up to five offerings today. So we have two almond offerings, our vanilla, unsweet, our vanilla and our unsweetened almond. And we have three oat offerings, our original, our vanilla, and we just launched a chocolate oat as well. Mm -hmm. And it only has five ingredients. So uh, one of the things that we're focused on is, can we ensure we continue to produce the best tasting Plant alternative, plant-based milk alternatives with five ingredients or less, and that's something that 
as we continue to push ourselves, our innovation team, to bring more products to consumers, it's not about how many products can we launch. It's more about the breadth. How can we make sure that the five products we have today are accessible to as many consumers as possible? We just launched nationally with Sprouts uh, Farmer's Market awesome. uh, back in June. So all Sprouts across America have our uh, unsweetened almond and our vanilla almond. So that's you know a huge step forward in more accessibility. That opened up almost 400 new outlets for us. Um, and we continue to work with the, the bigger grocery retailers and expand our footprint there. And that's one thing with, I don't know if a lot of consumers understand, retailers will reset their stores any given section probably once a year. Wow. Very, very seldom do they reset them twice a year. So there's specific windows you have to be in and you have to go sell, right? Mm-hmm. This is why we belong there. And the exciting thing is consumers have been voting with their pocketbooks for the last you know seven years with Malk saying, Malk is important for us to have. So we're leveraging that and our campaign to, to reinforce how important it is to turn it around and, and offer consumers that clean plant-based product. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I love that. That's really interesting that they only turn things around about once a year. No, they only reset. Sorry, reset. <laughs> Getting my, well, same thing. Hey, you keep they, turning they it around. They kind of turn it around. They, they turn around their products once a year. Um, that's so interesting. So you, as a new company, you really only have a, or a newer company, you really only have one spot during the year to really sell to. You have one bite at the apple to go get in there and get as many of your products in. And then the work begins because there is no shelf expander in the CPG space. So you have to prove to the Mm -hmm. retailer that you are going to deliver more dollars and profits to them because consumers are going to be pulling you off the shelf. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So interesting. Can you share a little bit about, I mean, we've talked a lot on our podcast just regarding, you know, again, some of the A1C um, casing and how that can impact, you know, certain individuals. But what are some of the health benefits of the plant-based uh, alternatives? Absolutely. So a lot of people have journeyed into plant-based because it's a new fad. Some because they find great coaches that walk them into it. And others because they just find that they have that intolerance to dairy. So when it comes from the earth, when it's a plant-based product, it's so much easier for us to digest if it's processed properly, right? The, the simple whole food ingredients, the, the simple processing for your gut biome is so important. And that's a beautiful thing is whether you're vegan, you're vegetarian, or you're a carnivore, there are benefits to adding in plant-based products to your life to, to really help to balance out your gut microbiome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think the biggest hang up that I always have with a lot of plant-based products is they are just more processed and malk isn't. And that it, like I I think that there's like we talked about benefits to both if you can tolerate dairy-based products. I think there's a ton of vitamins and nutrients in dairy, but a lot of the products on the shelves today unfortunately in plant-based settings are not very clean. They have a ton of stuff in them. And so like you said, there's so many benefits to it when there aren't. And that is what Malk is providing, which is awesome because that's unfortunately not the case. Because I think, unfortunately, a lot of plant-based companies are in it for the profit too. And, you know, making things similar or equal to, but it doesn't matter what goes into them. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, that's what we preach constantly to our clients. It's like you have to minimize what you're consuming in terms of ingredient lists. Um, so that's, I love it. 
Yeah. Anything else that you want to share? I think we've, you know, answered, you've answered a lot of questions and I'm excited to share this episode. I would love if you guys could also get into Starbucks or Pete's coffee or any other (laughs) personal request. A little selfish, (laughs) selfish plug for Starbucks. (laughs) No, I've actually stopped going there. Um, that's a great, that's a great resource in your budget to shift money to Whole Foods. Mm -hmm. Yep. Whole food based products is to walk away from some of those, uh, luxuries if uh, you will yeah so yeah that is uh I, I hear the request liz i appreciate that that is <laughs> that is on the path for malk in the future but right now uh we know that our consumers and the people that are looking for products like us are, are shopping in traditional grocery stores so yeah. we're starting there and as we continue to expand and grow it'll it'll position us to be able to do that uh, i just want to say thank you to both of you i appreciate the message that y'all share I've, I've had the opportunity to listen to a lot of your podcasts over the last month and really enjoyed the message. Uh, my wife is now a, a fast follower of you all. Oh, thank you. And uh, really appreciate the the humor that you all bring to life, the, the vulnerability, the humility. Um, it's just really a, a great outlet. And we just, we're so appreciative to be a part of, of your podcast today and, and your listeners. We appreciate the, the time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Food Code. If this episode resonated with you, please share, rate, and review as this helps us reach others around the world. With that, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Love you guys.